Today, I'm so excited to be talking about gut health with Katie, founder of Rye for Wellness. Katie is a certified health coach and helps others improve their health with her 4R method. I loved this conversation about gut health because honestly, I think the term gut health gets tossed around, but really, what does it mean? What really is our gut health? And can we improve our gut health? Well, as Katie tells us, it's pretty darn important. And even our gut health is considered our second brain. As a reminder, you can find all the show notes for this episode on our sponsored blog, badtothebull.com forward slash 35. Okay, let's dive in and learn all about gut health with Katie. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork. And let's dive into learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello, and welcome back to the Bowl of Life podcast. Today, I'm excited to introduce you. Excuse me. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Katie Chambers, founder of Rye for Wellness and a certified health coach. Katie has been talking it up about gut health over on her Instagram, and I wanted to bring her on today to give us all the details on what gut, gosh, I can't say gut today, on what <laughs> gut health is and how to support it. And, you know, I feel like Katie and I were just talking about how like gut health is such a big buzzword right now, but does anyone really understand what it is? And I think I'm kind of one of those people where I, think if you told me, I'm like, yes, it has to do with your digestive system. But other than that, I'm not really sure. You know, I think you take probiotics to maintain it. You know, so these are questions we're going to talk about today. So I'm very excited to have Katie on. Welcome, Katie, to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself first and just kind of what made you interested in becoming a health coach? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. You know that I personally subscribe to this podcast, um, so I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, My story probably starts out like most women in terms of their health and wellness journey with a long history of dieting. I probably started my first diet in junior high or high school, and since then I've pretty much tried every diet under the sun, always starting on a Monday, stopping by probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Every week I would go into it really thinking this was it. This was going to be my week of getting healthy. Um, But instead, I really found myself on a hamster wheel of constantly gaining and losing the same 20 pounds. I'm sure you probably or maybe you can relate to, you know, started college, gained the freshman 15, eventually lost it, entered the workforce, gained probably 20, lost it, got married, gained another 20. Um, It just was a vicious cycle. And I definitely ended up forming a pretty negative relationship with food in my body. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Like what was so frustrating for me was that I considered myself to be successful in both my personal and professional life, but for some reason just felt like I could never fully gain control of this area. I just couldn't understand what I was doing wrong. 
Yeah, that can, that had to be really frustrating. And I think, you know, we can all, you know, think back to those times in life where we're just like, oh man, like my health or nutrition or like, why couldn't I lose that weight? You know, like it's just, it's a weird thing that we have with food, right? It's like a weird relationship. <laughs> exactly. And I just felt like it was one of those areas that was super challenging for me and when I reflect back on it, I just didn't feel great. I wasn't sleeping well. I had stomach issues. I just felt run down. And it was definitely due to my fast-paced lifestyle. But more importantly, I just feel like I had a lack of understanding of nutrition and really wasn't supporting my body the way that I should be. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Because really, I mean, where do we learn about nutrition? Well, you know, like, you know, maybe our parents were into it, but maybe not. We don't really learn about it at school or we learn whatever that teacher's focus is, you know? So it's like, really, it it is, you know, I, I don't think we really do have a good grasp of it as individuals. I agree. And I think specifically as women, I feel like, you know, we learn from the media of what that should look like and um, what that means. And to be honest, I feel like it's not the right way to probably obviously look at it. So to me, it was just something I kind of always struggled with. So fast forward to 2020, um, and I became a first-time mom to my beautiful daughter, Riley. Um, having her was definitely the catalyst for me going to school to become a certified health coach. My initial intention was really just to learn about health and wellness so I could improve the quality of my life and get a better understanding for myself, but also then to really act as a role model for her. I just ultimately didn't want her to have the same struggles that I had. Um, and I just wanted to raise her the best possible way, really understanding nutrition and all aspects of wellness. Mm. Yeah, I, could, I totally understand from that, from being a mother myself, like you go through that when you become a mom, like, whoa, okay, like I got to get my act together before I pass on these, you know, characteristics to to my, you know kids. And yeah, definitely agree. Exactly. So I gave myself some grace the first three months after having her. I feel like I was just trying to survive at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I started making some small changes to my diet and lifestyle. And I just kind of gradually layered on. I didn't do anything drastic, um, just approached it, you know, day by day, piece by piece. And I eventually lost a total of 60 pounds. So 30 of that being what I had gained from pregnancy, and then an additional 30 after that, um, all in probably about six months. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like for me, that was the first time I ever had real results. I mean, I struggled to lose five pounds in the past and couldn't make that work. So, you know, everybody's first question to me was really, what did you do? How did you, how did you lose that weight? Um, what did that look like for you? So after really reflecting on what worked for me and what I had learned in school, becoming a health coach, I developed this four hour wellness method. Um, talking to other women got me super passionate about sharing everything that I've learned. Um, so that's when I really decided to launch my own coaching business called Rye for wellness, um, and go into coaching around this four hour method. So a lot of people ask me about the name. Um, a lot of people think it's R.I. for wellness, R.I. for wellness. Um, it's R.I. because that's after my daughter, Riley, who really is my why and motivation for all of these changes that I have implemented. And then four is really, again, speaking back to the four R's um, of what really 
kind of worked for me in terms of my health and wellness journey. So I'm super passionate about helping other women better understand their wellness and really understand how it's having a huge impact on their life. I think for me, I just really didn't make the connection to what I was eating and how that was affecting my mood and my health um, and my energy levels. So I just really want them to get gain a better understanding on how they can improve their health and whether that is losing weight, improving sleep, gaining energy, managing their stress and mood. Um, those are kind of all areas that I dive into with my clients. And that's amazing that you look at that, all those areas, because I think a lot of the time and, you know, you can think back maybe to when you were kind of doing those yo-yo dietings or starting stopping, it's like really dieting is so focused on either exercise and your food or, you know, one or the other or both together. You know, it's like it's not really talking too much about the other things, about how sleep plays into it and about, you know, your stress and, you know, your other other parts of wellness, your emotional wellness. It doesn't, you know, like, I don't know, do you feel like that too? Like the whole health culture out there, diet culture to say, isn't really focused on all those other parts that play a huge part in to listening to how your body is reacting to the food and how you are doing, you know, with your overall wellness. Completely agree. I mean, I feel like every diet that I started on a Monday was really solely focused on food and mostly around restrictions and what I needed to not be eating or doing. Um, I went to a nutritionist once and nothing against nutritionists, but this particular conversation sticks out in my head that she just basically told me to eat half as less and work out twice as hard. So again, going back to your point that I feel like it's really mostly been driven through food and exercise when there's so many factors playing in to why women are struggling with their health. Um, There's so many things that are happening within your body behind the scenes that you're not even really aware of. But if you can learn a little bit more about those and start connecting the dots and become more in tune with your mind and body, it kind of starts to click and make a little bit more sense. And really that's what ultimately happened to me and why I think it finally worked. Oh yeah. Such a good point. So to bring us to gut health, that does have a lot to do with kind of listening, right? To what your body is telling you. And I'm a huge fan of listening to your body because, um, and it took me a long time to figure out even what that kind of meant and what that even was. <laughs> but after a while, I was like, oh, that food doesn't really make me feel the best. You know, like, or I wake up like this the next day after I ate that. And then you start connecting the dots. But a lot of us don't really connect those dots or even take the time to really listen. Um, you know, we just live in such a fast paced world. And, you know, but so many benefits when you do stop and it really makes such a huge impact on your wellness and your health. And like you said, on all of these things, it makes such a huge difference. So let's start in the gut because that's what we're talking about today. And like I mentioned in the intro, you know, we talk about gut health, you know, the media talks about it, but like, what really is it? (laughs) What really is gut health and why is it so central to our health as well? 
Exactly. So I feel like it's getting a lot of buzz. I, I think your audience probably has heard of the term gut microbiome. Um, I had, I just didn't really understand exactly what it was and why it was so important. So again, kind of through becoming a certified health coach and taking the opportunity to do a little bit of research myself, um, I just found it so fascinating and something that I love to dive into with my clients. So when I talk about gut health, I am talking about the gut microbiome, which consists of trillions of microbes that live in your intestines. So basically it's bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Mm. There are thousands of species of bacteria in the gut microbiome, both good and bad. It starts Mm. forming at birth And scientists believe that it's already adult-like in structure by the time you're three. So for me, becoming a new mom and having this awareness, what we're feeding to our toddlers is so crucial because it's essentially forming the structure of the microbiome um, and setting your body up for success from the very early stages. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, That's amazing. And yeah, so so important. New parents, people with young children, listen up, right? But so what what if, you know, we kind of missed that though when we were a young age? Is are we doomed? No. So the the good news is that it's alive, it's always changing. You can um always be working to improve your gut microbiome and your health. So it's just becoming more aware of that as we age, we do face challenges of your microbiome becoming less diverse and more prone to the growth of bad bacteria. So really our goal is just to keep in mind, how do we increase the level of good bacteria in the gut? Mm. So, so the bad bacteria, obviously, you know, that that's bad, but it's going to be there no matter what, right? Like, would that be, now when we say gut, is that the same as like, that would host like where germs and stuff are? Like when you say bacteria, you know, I automatically think, oh, germs. You know, is is that kind of the same or are we talking about different things? No, it's similar. I mean, the gut microbiome is linked to so many aspects of our health and our body. It's known as the body's second brain. So it's linked to digestion. It's linked to immunity. Like you just said, there's actually studies that say, you know, 70% of our immunity is housed in our gut. It's linked to brain function, metabolisms, our hormones. So again, it's, it's something that I love to dive into with my clients because again, I don't know if people really understand how much it's playing a role in their everyday health. Um, another fact that I find so interesting is 90 to 95% of the body serotonin, our mood hormone is produced in the gut. So again, with this direct connection to the brain, an unhealthy gut can really affect your mood. It can cause anxiety, depression. So these are just all things personally, I didn't really know. And once I became more aware of it and how my food and nutrition and lifestyle was playing a role, it just is something that I definitely keep kind of top of mind in terms of understanding that these choices are showing up in all aspects of my health. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think what you said there about it being the second brain is, is huge because I, I don't think we think of any other part of our body probably being, you know, you know, we know the brain is super important that can control a lot of things as well, but your second brain, well, you better be doing that one right too, <laughs> you know, if, if you want to kind of thrive and, um, you know, be able to show up better for other areas of your life. And 
what you said about, you know, the uh, affiliation with the serotonin and the mood hormone. I mean, that's, that's huge. Wow. Um, It's almost like, I wonder if, you know, eating a bunch of like, you know, not as nutritionally dense um, foods, it's feeding into that bad bacteria. And then, um, you know, kind of leading to more of that anxiety state and, and such. Would so that's kind of correct? Did I put that that all together correctly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely playing a huge role as it relates to your mood and anxiety and depression. There's definitely going to be obviously situations that are uncontrollable and things that um, are more extreme that probably could require you know a doctor and medications and those kind of things. But for me, the conversation just really goes back to again what we can control, which is our diet and our lifestyle. And are there are things that we could be doing just to simply aid in producing more serotonin and making sure that our hormones are balanced to then support a gut, a healthy gut, which then will lead to less anxiety and depression. Oh, so how is that? How can we aid that healthy gut? How can we improve it? What are, what are some like tangible tips? Because I think that sometimes like is the easiest way for us to, you know, if, especially if we don't have, maybe have a scientific brain, <laughs> you know, which a lot of us probably don't think all the time about that. And so what are some tips, you know, I think that helps break it down a little bit more and how we can like help improve. Yeah, great question. So I think in your intro, you alluded to probiotics, um, which again, for those of us that have heard about the gut and gut health, I think probiotics is the next word that we've all heard associated with that. So you can definitely research and consult with a doctor about taking a daily supplement. Um, I, you know, I know supplements are kind of a personal choice if people want to go down that path, as well as some people might find it to be an expensive solution. So what I do with my clients is really talk about what are the options as it relates to diet and lifestyle that we can easily start doing today. Um, so the first thing that I dive into, which I feel like you're familiar with, and I'm sure, again, your audience is familiar with being plant-based, but is eat a diverse range of plants. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I'm speaking to your, your crowd right now that you've probably heard the saying, eat the rainbow and eat a diverse range of plants is really just that I encourage my clients to have fun with it and keep meals interesting by, you know, seeing how many colors you can add. I feel like make a game of it. You know, today I had lunch and it had five different plants in it tomorrow. I'm going to challenge myself to eat seven, um, and just have a little bit of fun challenging yourself. Or another thing I love to do is, you know, buy a different fruit and vegetable each week that you wouldn't regularly purchase. Experiment with a new recipe um, and expand your palate that way. In terms of plants, you know, obviously everybody knows I'm speaking about fruits and vegetables, but you're also going to want to definitely include seeds, legumes, whole grains. Again, you want to get a real diverse palate to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients and the health benefits that they provide. Um, by doing this, you're also going to increase your level of fiber. So fiber is another key word as it relates to gut health. You definitely want to have high levels of fiber in your diet for ultimate, ultimate gut health. Oh yeah. That was, that was on the tip of my tongue. I think you read my mind. I was thinking fiber, fiber, fiber. And I mean, it's pretty proven. I think, you know, tons of studies on it that, we as Americans especially are not eating enough fruits and vegetables. <laughs> so, you know, and I always joke and I feel like I've said this on the last few, few podcasts is like, hey, 
mom was right when she said, eat your vegetables and the fruit too. You know, I'm like, exactly. there's, there's so many reasons why that was true, whether mom knew why or not. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's good for our gut health. You know, she didn't maybe know that, but that's what it is good for. <laughs> yes. So important. So important. Um, so the, next, the-, the next thing that I talk about is incorporating fermented foods. So yogurts, kefir, sauerkraut, uh, pickles, miso, kimchi, kombucha. There's so many options as it relates to fermented foods. Um, they used to be a huge part of our diet way back in the day, but obviously as we've gotten more processed um, and our diet has evolved, it's just not a big piece of you know, the average American's daily consumption. So it's something that I like to bring awareness to and attention to just to include a little bit each day. Um, You do need to be mindful though, that if you're going to be buying it, you know, from the grocery store, that it needs to say naturally fermented, that it's containing live cultures, it has probiotics, you know, those kind of keywords on the packaging, just to make sure that you really are getting that good bacteria. And something else, um, you know, that I talk about with my clients and share recipes is, you know, making your own pickles or fermented veggies at home. I think this is something, you know, due to the pandemic that's some people might have already started doing, but it's something, you know, that my household is now doing. And it's a really simple and easy way to get that, grow that good bacteria and eat some, you know, delicious homemade pickles. So fermented foods is number two. Yeah, pickles are amazing, I, you know, especially, you know, making them yourself. And they're really so easy, too, you know, I, you know, to quick make a jar in, in summer when, you know, at least in, in my rural area, like everybody has extra pickles from the garden. I don't even have to grow my own. People are just giving them away for free at the end of their driveway. So it's like, sweet, I'll just grab a bunch, um, you know. And so back to your point, though, on you know, um, then make sure it says naturally fermented or make sure it says live cultures in it. So is every yogurt fermented or, or no? Cause I'd be really curious on that because so many there, I mean, yogurt aisle at the grocery store is crazy out of control. Huge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the point is that it's like, you want that live culture bacteria. Like that's what we want to be putting in our system to aid in growing in our own gut. So when things get to the grocery stores and on shelves or, you know, in the, in the yogurt aisle, a lot of that processing has eliminated the good bacteria and kind of those live cultures. So that's why you just need to be mindful of like what took place in the processing. And is that still a relevant part of the food? If that makes sense. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. And uh, yeah, during uh, the beginning of the pandemic, I really had trouble finding some of my favorite non-dairy yogurts at at the store or whatever. And um, yeah, so we started making some in our instant pot. And that was kind of an interesting science (laughs) lesson. I wish we would have had a high-powered microscope. I am in no way have a scientific brain, but it would have been interesting to see maybe the live cultures that were going on and in making homemade yogurt. <laughs> Never done that. I might need to try that. Yeah. I mean, the taste was, whoa, like amazing compared to like a store brand of, um, you know, like a popular, I, you know, don't want to speak ill of them because I still buy the popular non-dairy brands out there. But the taste, I was like, 
this tastes amazing. But, you know, well, as with anything in life, pick and choose what you have time for. Eventually, you know, I was like, man, this, even though it's kind of was a set and forget, like literally, but it did take like 24 hours to make and then like another eight hours in the fridge. So it was kind of a lengthy process, but the taste was amazing. I actually have it on my list. Uh, I feel like we're once again going through a weird cycle at the store near me where I can't find a lot of stuff. So I might dive into making some this weekend again. We'll, we'll see. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So what were uh, some other other things here to improve the gut health? Yeah. So the next thing that I talk about um, is really about giving your body time to restore itself by shortening your eat- eating window. So I call it restore and think of it as restorative time you know, most people are going to know that I'm talking about intermittent fasting. And I feel like intermittent fasting can get a bad rap depending on your experience with it. So I'll be the first to admit the first time I experienced it, it was awful. Um, I went into it again on a Monday, just thinking like, you know, this is a quick fix to like lose weight. And um, I read an article about it or something and was like, okay, I'm going to just not eat all morning and I'll eat from 12 to five and that's it. And it was the wrong approach. I feel like I, you know, didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't doing it from, you know, a a real understanding of the health benefits. So again, once I really understood the whys behind it and kind of connected the dots, it's something that I do today and have had huge benefits from. So some health benefits are definitely burning fat, boosting metabolism, lowering inflammation. But as it relates to gut health, this pause really allows a break from digestion and for the gut to support the other positive changes in your body. So the fasting period actually aids in the growth of beneficial bacteria in the gut. So it's something that I love to kind of discuss with my clients in terms of figuring out what could work for them. There's health benefits for a 12-hour eating window and again, even more so at like 10 or 8, but you need to find what works for you and your lifestyle. So what I recommend is usually saying, you know, to stop your eating window sometime between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. and then delay your breakfast the next morning until sometime between 9 and noon and figure out what works for you. And don't do anything drastic. Um, again, this this particular conversation is not for women who are pregnant or breastfeeding or anybody that's had, you know, any sort of eating disorder. Um, you know, but if it is something that you're able to do and that could work for you, I would just recommend kind of experimenting and finding that ideal window. Ooh, we might have to have you back to talk more on intermittent fasting because that is another huge thing out there as well that I think, um, actually I just had a friend recently ask me about it and, um, yeah, I think it's a huge other topic out there, but I definitely agree with you on give your body time to rest from all that digestion. I don't think we think about that a lot, how our body, you know, might need to rest from that because it takes a lot of work. And, I don't think I really had ever thought about that until a few years ago. Um, we had an intern at our office at the job I was at, and she was like, "I just really remember her saying it one day because I went I went in about once a week. I worked remotely mostly, but um, I remember her saying like, "Oh, you know how you get really cold after you eat?'" And I was thinking, "Oh, 
yeah, you kind of do. You kind of, you know, maybe get some chills sometime. She's like, well, your body's digesting all that food and it's working really hard and that's why you're cold. And then I was like, oh. And so I started like taking notice of that. And I was like, oh, I am a little bit colder after I eat sometimes. I was like, this is interesting to me that our body. So it's like, you know, again, it comes back to that listening, right? It comes back to that listening. And once you're aware of that, you can start to think, oh, how does that, how does that play into what I'm doing, what I'm eating, what, you know, like all those different things. And so, yeah, very, very cool um, to bring up that about the intermittent fasting and giving our bodies a break. Especially if we're eating all that uh, fiber food. <laughs> exactly. It, it takes your body two to four hours to digest. And to your point, it, it it takes a lot of effort for your body. And I love what you just said about, you know, being aware of being cold. I'm literally sitting here with a blanket around me because I just had lunch two to three hours yeah. ago. And so my body is still digesting um, and working really hard. So you're not restricting yourself from eating. You're really giving yourself that restorative time. And I feel like once I flipped my mindset on that, I really understood the connection. I, I immediately saw results and I immediately felt better. And there's just so many positives. So yes, if I would love to come back and talk about that. It's definitely another topic that, you know, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because I've experienced it from both perspectives. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have to plan on that. So I think there might've been one more tip that you had men- mentioned earlier to me. What, what was that tip about improving your gut health? Yeah. So again, I encourage daily exercise and implementing some form of wellness practice. So studies have shown that daily exercise supports, again, the growth of good bacteria, which is what we want, and it lowers levels of inflammation and the risk of diseases such as diabetes, heart disease. So, I mean, we all know the benefits of of exercising, but again, as it specifically relates to gut health, it is helping aid that good bacteria. And then de-stress. So I don't like to tell people, you know, exactly what they need to do because everybody has a preference. So whether that's meditation, breath work, journaling, a gratitude practice, just something that really um, lowers your stress and helps support the gut by, again, lowering that anxiety and depression. So it's it's all linked. Um, so those are kind of the four key things from a more holistic approach that you could easily start doing today. Oh, and I love that because it's stuff that, like you said, we can do those easily. We can go buy more, you know, plant-based foods, fruits and vegetables. So I don't want to put a scary label on that. I think when people, what, what, what's a plant-based food? You know, it's like, no, just hold up. It's your fruits and vegetables, fermented foods, you know, so just check out that yogurt or, you know, grab those, those pickles, you know, giving yourself time to, you know, really restore your body from that eating process. And then, you know, doing something to de-stress. And I love that you brought up like, do what works for you when it comes to that, because you can hear so many people that say, oh, you gotta, you gotta meditate or you gotta journal or this, you know, and it's like, those are great. But like, honestly, like for myself, if I'm going to de-stress and it's just, um, my personality type, my Enneagram type or whatever, like, honestly, you know, best thing for me is hit the pavement running or something or really do something that 
you know, just releases it. And that's how I kind of can restore, you know, but some people it works meditation, some people it works yoga, you know, so do what works for you. And that's so important. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my whole approach to coaching is really personalized because if it doesn't work for you, you're never going to sustain it. Right. So I think it needs to be catered to your individual personality type and your lifestyle. Um, And I never like to give people you know, a laundry list of you have to do it this way, or this is exactly what it looks like. And even when we talk about the restorative time, you know, I, it's not a hard, fast rule of exactly how many hours and what that needs to look like. Like, this is all just about trying to implement, take those small baby steps um, and build from there, but do what works for you. Yeah, that that's perfect. So, so say, you know, someone's listening and they're like, okay, like, I really love these ideas on how how to improve my gut health, but how long does it take? Because, you know, we're Americans and we love it fast, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So the good news is, is that, like I said before, our gut microbiome is alive. It's always changing. It's super responsive to modifications to our diet and lifestyle. So you can literally start improving your gut health at your next meal. Um, (laughs) obviously if you have a more serious condition as it relates to, um, your gut health, that could take days to months, you know, depending on the individual, but the bottom line is it's really amazing what the body can do and how quickly the gut can heal itself. If you give it the proper nutrients. Yeah, it it really is amazing. And sometimes it does take a little bit longer. Like I think about my journey of, inflammation and what, you know, why I kind of went plant-based in the first place. And, um, you know, that took about three months before I was really started to know some differences. So, you know, the same thing, like everybody's journey is different. And, uh, so yeah, I think that's really cool how you point out that, that about not everybody's journey being different and how it is a unique perspective, but there are some like core things that we can start to notice along the way. Um, you know, and so definitely, you know, doing the things Katie mentioned about, you know, eating more plants and focusing on, you know, naturally fermented foods. These are all good things that are going to support support that. So, so speaking of food, and we already just kind of talked about this, about what to eat, how to improve it, but what kind of food should we avoid that's kind yeah. of feeding that bad bacteria? Yeah, great question. So I don't think I'm going to say anything right now that's, um, you know, a big surprise, but reduce, yeah, we you know, a reminder. <laughs> reduce the amount of processed food. Um, there's a lot of stuff and ingredients in there that's just not great for your overall health. Um, high sugar, high fat foods, um, these can all definitely play a role in negative gut health. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's just always a good reminder. And again, you know, like just beware too of those like sneaky foods, you know, that you might be thinking are healthy, but you know, I'm thinking of all, you know, and th- these are still healthy, but sometimes you pick up a package, maybe in the frozen food aisle or a canned good. And then you look at the ingredients and you're like, Ooh, I didn't realize there was the sneaky added sugar, or I didn't realize there was this sneaky, whatever, you know? So it's just like, just start to be mindful of that at the store. right? Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like, again, that's something that I talk in great detail with my clients about is, you know, balancing your blood sugar. So you talked about it, that sugar content on the label is so important for you to really understand how much sugar you're consuming. Um, and what that means in terms of the impact on your health and your wellness and your gut. 
Right. Yeah. And actually, um, this was at the beginning of the year. I talked with um, Emily, um, and I'll link this in the show notes for everybody, actually about sugar and um, how a a new nutritional label is being rolled out. So people, you know, you can go to the store and start to notice this. I don't think it's been fully yet, but a lot of brands have been on board where now the nutrition label will say, you know, because you're always going to have your total carbohydrates, which include all those sugars, and there's going to be some natural sugars and stuff. But now there will be a specific line that says specifically added sugars on it. So you can know exactly, well, is this, you know, something that is naturally found in the food, which, you know, my body knows and understands, or is it going to be something that was like added in that my body may think, oh, we don't know what this added ingredient is. Exactly, exactly. And just one kind of easy tip, um, you know, four grams is roughly one teaspoon of sugar. And we're supposed to be, you know, the recommended daily amount is no more than six teaspoons of sugar a day. So to your point, I think people will be, you know, shocked kind of by some of those hidden sugars and what that total really is, um, as it relates to teaspoons of sugar. Right, yeah. For sure, for sure. So we've talked about, you know, your framework and Rye for Wellness and working with people. So can you kind of give us a peek inside of how, you know, what that framework kind of is? And, and you know, I'm so curious to hear what it is. I love like, um, what would you call that when they're all like the same letter alliteration? Is that, is that the right I word? think so. <laughs> yeah, right. We're pulling, out, we're pulling out that English college class here right now. But, uh, no, I love when things are like that. My marketing brain loves that. So, so tell us a little bit about that framework for Rye for Wellness. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Um, so the 4R wellness method is real food, restore, reflect, recreation. Um, so we've dived into it a little bit, but when I discuss real foods with my clients, I'm really just wanting to give them a better understanding of not only what foods to eat, but again, more importantly, like how it's impacting their overall health. So that's where we dive into managing blood sugar, supporting good gut health, balancing hormones, really understand what's happening, um, inside your body because, like we talked about earlier, like it's not just about what you eat and exercising in terms of losing weight or improving your sleep, managing your stress. It's so much more than that. So I just love to kind of give them the understanding to make those connections. I also love to dive in a lot to mindset and how to become more in tune with their bodies. So that's kind of all captured under the real food are. Mm, I love that. Thank you. And then restore is, again, it's about giving your body that time through sleep as well as exploring intermittent fasting. So I help clients burn fat, boost metabolism, improve their quality of sleep. Again, this is all going to tie back to managing their blood sugar, supporting good gut health, balancing hormones. Um, I just feel like we all know we should be sleeping, you know, eight hours a night, but just really how can I help clients prioritize that and make, you know, sure that they're setting themselves up for success as well as educating them around the benefits of intermittent fasting and really coming from a place of restorative time. Oh yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I think back to the beginning of the pandemic, something I noticed right away 
is that I, I, I did start to sleep in more because we didn't have to rush out the door in the morning, you know? So um, get the kids to school at that certain time and then, you know, get this going. So I really feel like my um, restorative time got a little bit better. So I hate to think of the positives of the pandemic, but definitely realizing that my body needed you know, more in the seven to eight hour range rather than in the like six or less that it was getting. Yes. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's the third R? I'm calling it reflect. I, I feel like this is really just about becoming more in tune with your thoughts and your emotions. And again, managing your stress levels. I also want people to take that pause that we were talking about earlier of just how their emotions are connected to what they eat and their approach to their diet and just how foods are making them feel um, and really set them up for success with having a better you know, mind-body connection. And then I think everybody is stressed, right? I think our lifestyle is kind of, you know, setting us up to experience different levels of stress. So how do we implement a wellness routine? Again, you know, I kind of go back to that gratitude practice, the journaling, the meditation, just something that really slows us down and gives us that time to connect with ourselves. Mm, Yeah, that's so important. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, you just got to emphasize it over and over again, right? Because it's something maybe that doesn't come naturally to us to reflect on things. And but if you build it in and you really work on it, um, you, you know, it can quickly change kind of that that mindset. I talked with uh, Holly from Pink Fortitude, um, who helps coach women or coach and kind of support women that have gone through autoimmune and breast cancer. And she um had that dealt with that in her own life. And she said gratitude was wanted starting a gratitude practice was something that had been life-changing for her, even to the point of where, you know, I think she had been at the store one time and her husband is like, something happened. And her husband's like, well, you didn't like go off on that person. Like you normally might have maybe been a little ticked off. And she's like, well, yeah, I didn't oh, I think it's because I'm being more mindful about being gratitude and like being trying mindful. What have they gone through today? And so it really can change things. Um, You know, if you put put in the work, you know, everything in life is going to take a little work, right? Yeah. I feel like that's such a great story because I think it seems like such a simple, um, you know, thing to do and maybe it's not going to have that big of an impact, but you know, when I started kind of writing down, you know, five things I was grateful for, it really does shift your perspective and your mood and just put you in a different place. So it's definitely more powerful than I I thought it would be, which is something, you know, why I wanted to make it one of my four R's and an aspect that I kind of dive into with my clients, because I think it can have a lot of benefits. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So we're down to the last R. I'm so excited to hear what it is. (laughs) So I'm calling it recreation. It's really, again, about moving your body. Um, I like to encourage people to move their body for at least 30 minutes a day. I'm calling it recreation, um, to your point, to get my fourth R. Um, But also because I feel like exercise and working out can sometimes have a negative connotation for people. And I used to be one of those people that was like, I'm not getting off this treadmill until it says I burned 400 calories. And, you know, I have to go five days a week for this amount of time. And it just was negative. Um, And I feel like 
I really wanted to come from a place of joy and doing an activity that you truly enjoy. So yeah, that could be taking a spin class or it could be chasing your kids around, going for a walk outside with your dog, just anything that's going to bring you enjoyment, you know, get the heart rate going, get those endorphins up. Um, But again, I think it needs to be personal to you because it needs to be something that's sustainable and something that you want to do, not need to do. Mm, I love that. And right when you said recreation, I had the picture in my mind of, you know, when you go to like a state park or maybe even a county park sometimes and they have the little blue sign recreation this way. And, you know, I think, you know, as an adult or, you know, definitely as a kid, you got excited about that. Oh, well, that's where like that's where the boats go in and that's where like I'm going to be swimming. And so it's I think recreation is such a nice positive word because at least for me, it brought up like happy feelings of loving to go to the like state park and hit up the hiking trail or the beach or whatnot. Good. I love that because that's definitely my intention. So happy to hear that. Yes. So very cool. So, so you have the four R's. How can someone get, um, get, get into part of that rather? uh, Do you do like coaching, group coaching, individual one-on-one? Like tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, right now I'm definitely doing one-on-one coaching as well as I just recently launched a group workshop. So I launched the workshop because I know that one-on-one coaching can be intimidating. Um, It might seem like a big time commitment or a financial commitment. So I just wanted to make sure that I was offering, you know, an approachable introduction to working with a health coach um, while still getting, you know, a lot of information. So the workshop consists of a one-hour group coaching call where I basically walk people through my four hours in detail um, and tell them how they can implement it in their life to lose weight, improve sleep, gain energy, manage your stress and mood. Um, You receive a wellness guide. I also provide uh, four days of plant-based recipes as well as a checklist to kind of jumpstart your wellness. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback, so it's definitely something that I plan on continuing to do um, as well as the one-on-one coaching. Oh, really cool. Yeah. You know, and that's so funny you bring up that like some people get intimidated by one-on-one. Like I am a person who loves one-on-one stuff, like cool, like really deep conversations. But then I was talking with some friends and they were like, yeah, like coaching whenever, you know, um, we're talking more about our business things. And they're like, yeah, coaching wouldn't be something for me because, you know, I, I really don't like that one-on-one stuff. And I was like, what? Like, that was so surprising to me. Like, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm sure, you know, tons of people are like that. We're like, no, I'd rather do a group thing um, than like a one-on-one thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so cool that you have all the options. So where can people sign up for those? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram. So you can find me there at Rye4Wellness. And then I have my website, Rye4Wellness.com. So those are probably the two best options. Very cool. And again, that's R-I, the number four, wellness.com. And yeah, go connect with Katie on her Instagram. She's been doing a lot of fun reels lately. And I, I love them. I've Try yeah, they're awesome. I love them. I love them. You are knocking it out of the park. And as well as just the information you provide there as well. You're always always posting such great um, you know, information about how we can further our wellness journey. And so that's great. So we're gonna link all of this in the show notes so you can learn more about it. You can learn more about Katie, you can connect with her, and you can learn more about 
the four R's and the four-step method. So thank you so much, Katie, for coming on today. This has been amazing to learn more about how we can support our gut health and um, yeah, just in general, just further our overall wellness goals. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you learned as much as I did about gut health. Wow, that was an amazing conversation. From the foods we eat to the stresses we put on our body, it can all play a huge part in helping or harming our healthy gut microbiome. I loved Katie's 4R method as well and how she is helping others create a better holistic health experience for themselves. We're going to link all of Katie's information in the show notes so you can learn more about her individual and group coaching. As a reminder, you can find all the show notes for this episode at badtothebull.com forward slash 35. Again, that is badtothebull.com forward slash 35. Thanks for listening.